This is 109.9 Leyline Radio. Welcome, listeners, to Leyline Radio, the end of the dial and the edge of the world. Real stories too chilling and strange to be true. Or are they? Today's episode is called Man Seeking Monster, submitted by Bradley Kay. Like many people in the great quarantine of 2020, I decided that this was the universe telling me that this was the moment to embrace a change in my life. As a 30-something who felt he had lost his sparkle in the corporate machine of capitalism, I made the most glorious, reckless, and inspired decision. I sold my condo and loaded my cat and everything I owned into a converted bus, and it was just me and the abandoned roads ahead of me. The goal was to avoid major city hubs and connect with those places you only see on screensavers and National Geographic coffee table books. Coffee with the sunrise over stunning forests and bleak sandy structures older than society itself just did something different. But something I never anticipated was how dark, deep, and strange the nights would be. You suddenly become so aware of every snap of a stick howl or every sound you just couldn't explain. The longer you spent alone, the easier it becomes to start gaslighting yourself into thinking, is that a Bigfoot? That had to be a Bigfoot, right? No, they aren't real, are they? As summer began to creep across the East Coast, I found myself on the outskirts of Baton Rouge in Louisiana one of the few campgrounds I found that would actually let me park my bus. I was one of only a few tenants, most of which made the campground their home year-round. The heat was so heavy, like liquid was being poured into my lungs, so I made a ritual of nightly showers to cool my body and recollect my spirit at the end of each day. It was my third or fourth night, and I padded to the shower house, the sound of my flip-flops in chorus with the frogs and crickets. The recreational areas were oddly full of men in jumpsuits and masks rummaging around with flashlights. But considering the area where we were in, I assumed they were locating some sort of wild animal. As I entered the aging wood structure with sinks on one side and shower stalls along the other, all the curtains were drawn. No water was running, but the sound of a quiet wail was coming from the end of the room. Heavy sobs, like a pleading, whispering just above a hush, but the stall walls were floor to ceiling, so I couldn't see how many people were inside. I stopped in my tracks, holding my breath in the back of my throat. Was this where I turn and walk away, minding my own business? Or do I valiantly charge in, loofah on a stick, blazing, holding up my towel around my waist? I took a few steps. The foam plastic slapping against my feet echoed in the room, and whoever was in distress quieted for a moment. The curtain of the last stall was slightly ajar, and I caught a glimpse of a shadow on the wall. At this point, there was nowhere for either of us to go. Is everything okay in there? The sound stopped. There was a quiet shuffling, then out of nowhere a screech. I was so startled that I dropped my shower caddy and loofah and towel on the floor. My hands were shaking and I had no idea what to do. 
the sounds of a quiet sob started again from the stall. Without thinking, I walked straight there and pulled back the curtain. Cowering in the stall was a man. Well, he was the shape of a man. But the more I looked at him, I saw skin patches pulling back, and scales were picking up where the skin ended. His muscles matched something that you would see in a comic book movie, and even cowering, I could tell how tall he was. Down his forearms and his calves were long, semi-translucent fins, with a larger one running down the middle of his spine. I didn't know what to say or do. I stepped closer, and he pulled himself as close as he could to the wall. The moment seemed to stop, time itself, neither of us breathing. Suddenly the door of the shack burst open and three men in jumpsuits came barging in. Have you seen anyone else in here? The first person yelled across the room. All I could do was shake my head. No, 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 it's just me in here. I croaked out. We're looking for a dangerous animal that has been seen in the campgrounds. If you see something, let us know immediately. He looked down at my stuff scattered across the floor and up at me. His eyes narrowed. But they all turned and left. I looked into the stall and saw the person looking up at me, still cowering, our eyes connecting for the first time. They looked human. With large patches of scales surrounding them, there was no nose, but he had a very human-looking mouth. I could see the scale patterning bursting through his skin, running down his chest and legs, with large slits running down each side of his neck. Are you hurt? I took a step closer to him, and he didn't break eye contact. He slowly stood up, standing at least five or six inches taller than my six-foot frame. Without saying a word, he showed me the palm of his hand. The long, stretched fingers were tinged blue and had transparent webbing between them with long, talon claws off each nail, and running down the center of his palm was a giant gash. Now that I could see his body, there were similar wounds all down his chest and side. I grabbed my towel and ripped at its worn edge, taking a step closer. He pulled back. Hey, 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 hey. it's okay. I'm going to help you. I turned the knob on the side of the stall, sending water cascading over him, and within seconds, I could see the tension in his limbs relaxed. I slowly touched his hand, running the water over it. He screeched and pulled back, the sound bouncing off the wood-tiled walls. Not thinking, I placed my hand over his mouth. We just stood there, the water catching both of us. I pulled my hand away from his face, our eyes connected and slowly wrapped a long piece of towel around his hand. The door slammed open, and a familiar voice came booming in. Sir, are you okay in there? I quickly stuck my head out of the curtain and quipped, Well, I was. And with that, the door slammed closed. I stepped back out of the stall to give him some space. My clothes damply clung to my body, but I didn't know what else to say. Give me a second. I ran back over to the door and peeped out. There was no one to be seen. So I turned back into the large room saying, I think they're gone for now. But at the end of the room, a wood door I hadn't noticed before was open. The night sparkling on the other side. I walked quickly back across the room and closed the door. 
He was gone. The shower stall was empty. I immediately started explaining to myself how I made it up and how it couldn't be real, but in the running water in the center of the floor, caught in the drain was a clump of several beautiful teal and pearl scales all stuck together. Without thinking, I picked them up held them in my hand, running my fingers over them as the water ran over my body. I shoved the scales in the pocket of my shorts, held off as best as I could before locking myself quickly in the bus in case any other visitors came knocking in the night. The next morning, I decided it would be a great time to move on and head towards Florida. I stopped at a local coffee place for a quick libation. And on the TV screens in the dining room, the local news was playing a story of an escaped patient from a local medical facility that went missing last night. The last whereabouts he was seen was crossing through the area near the campground. I played with my phone for a moment before texting my best friend. I think I met the creature from the Louisiana Black Lagoon last night, and I have to say... He was hot. Thank you, Bradley, for that charming story of a monstrous misconnection. Join us next time for more stories too chilling and strange to be real. Don't worry if you can't find us. We'll find you. This is your host, signing off. Ladies.